Well, let me talk scripture first, then get church covenant, which is based on the scripture. Uh, one scripture, uh, and we got a lot of young people. I'm glad we got you here tonight. And you, can, you, don't know, you can't imagine what a blessing it is to have a good church home. Now, that's the main reason we want to serve God in the church is to glorify him. That's where God is most glorified in his church. He likes to be glorified in his church. So that's the main reason. If I didn't get anything out of it, I ought to come to church anyway because I'm glorifying God. Sometimes you may not feel like coming, but come anyway because you're glorifying God together. We can glorify God by ourselves, but glorify God uh, in his way, uh, the way he liked it in a collective manner. Uh, I've been real thrilled lately. That I don't know how long it's been now. I hadn't tracked it, but it's been a, a couple of years. I'm actually amazed at our song services, like today. It's just something, something special, but we're, we're pouring our heart out to God in, in, in praise. Now, thank you. Uh, don't take it for granted we always have a good church home. I just heard a real sad story today that the church where my granddaddy was the clerk, Concord Church at Mickey, Tennessee. It's thinking about going out of business because they only got four widows and one male member and they ain't got enough money to pay insurance. And that hurts, really hurts. That's a good little building and a good location. I've been able to go there myself and have some good times, but don't take for granted that you'll always have a church home. Uh, the Lord's the one who puts candlesticks in a place. The candlestick, as you kids know, I'm taking the kids tonight, mainly you grown up, so we can listen to it if you want to. <laughs> but uh, the candlestick in Revelation is where God puts his special presence. That's where church is, when God puts his special presence in the candlestick. And God can remove a candlestick, or he can sell a candlestick. I hope there will always be one here. Uh, I was right today. We've been blessed with a lot of young people here, and that's a lot of stewardship, mainly for the parents, but also for the church, to uh, have a good place for our children to come up. But but as we glorify God in the church, though, we also get a lot out of it. Uh, I talked to Roger Gregory down at uh, Old Inland yesterday. He's a great man. I love Roger. That's uh, Herb Hatfield's uh, son-in-law, and he lost a wife uh, a few years ago. Sit to Donald, a wonderful Christian woman. And I asked Roger how it was, because another man that I know had lost a wife, I wanted to help him out if I could. Roger said, I would not have made it without the church. And he said, I couldn't have made it. He said, uh, son, you had a hard day in a way, because <coughs> this day I really enjoyed the most serving God with my wife, but I never would have made it without the church. And that's kind of where I, I don't know where I've been having the church. So let's go over the scriptures a, few, a little bit, and then we'll go to our church covenant. And I, I would encourage you to memorize the church covenant. I've got it memorized, but I didn't want to miss a word, so I got it printed out here to read to you. But I do have it memorized. I like to think about it a whole lot and go over it. And I've been faithful to the church covenant in a way. Basically, I have been, but not as much as I want to. So I hope I'll even be reassured tonight, I mean re-energized, uh, re to, to better uh, obey the church covenant. Because it's a vow made to God. That's a solemn vow when you, don't, when you make a profession of faith in Jesus Christ. You make it a solemn vow. when you get married, it's a solemn vow. Some people take vows very lightly in our society even. The divorce is so rampant and marriages break up because people don't take their vows seriously. Well, some people don't take their church vows seriously. So I hope we'll all want to be more serious about our vows tonight. Let's go to the scripture, though. Here's one. You, you know it. You've heard it a lot of times. Put it in your soul. It's Old Testament, but it applies to the church. Because in the Old Testament, there's a special place for God's presence called the house of God. God's everywhere, right? He's omnipresent. But he chose it to manifest himself in certain places in special ways. And the law first mentioned is an interesting thing in the Bible, if you have harmony Bible interpretation. The first time the house of God is mentioned is when Jacob was fleeing from Esau and he had the experience at Bethel. He saw the ladder uh, between heaven and earth. 
So the angels are sending a descending on that letter. He woke up, he said, this is the house of God. This is the house of God in the gate of heaven. That's the first time the house of God is mentioned. And so then, the next time we find it mentioned is the tabernacle. When God had this special place called the tabernacle. Again, God's omnipresent. He chose to manifest himself in the tabernacle in a special way. That's where he wanted his people, Israel, to worship him in the tabernacle. The letter on when it became a permanent location, the temple, it's also called the house of God. My friend, the place today where God manifests himself in a special way, the church of the living God, because it made plain there in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15. If I tarry long, Paul says, that, I may, that thou mayest always behave thyself in the house of God, the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. The church is not just a club. It's not just a regular organization. It's an it's a institution, a divine institution that God has given. I'm glad, aren't you glad through the centuries there have been brothers and sisters who carried on the faith. Some of them have been martyrs. Some have served God in hard times, sometimes in good times. But we wouldn't have a church today if somebody hadn't kept it going. And I hope, and I hope, I want to do that in my lifetime. Let me give you a verse out of the book of Acts. And here's what, each of you do the same thing. You have responsibility, young and old both. Here was in Acts chapter 13. I don't know the verse. I won't turn there right now. When David had by the will of God served God, his own generation fell asleep. Now get that down. I want to serve God in my generation. That's all I can do. But I hope I live in such a way that my life will be a blessing to those in future generations. Many people who have already died that have been any great chapel members, they have, uh, they've been a blessing to me in my generation. So while they're gone, they fought their fight. They've finished their course. But their, their lives and their faithfulness have helped me, helped me finish my course. So remember that again. When David had, by the will of God, searched, you've got to serve your own generation. Then he fell asleep. All right? Let's go to our verse now. The house of God, we apply it to the New Testament church, Psalm 27, verse 4. One thing how I desire the Lord. You can probably quote this with me. Don't do it and throw me off. But you can't do it under, under your breath, all right? Listen, we may do it out loud about it, I don't know. You kids listen to me. One thing have I desired the Lord, that will I seek after. I'm going to repeat that again. Because if you want something bad enough, you're going to seek after it. One thing, priority, priority, a lot of activities in the world today, a lot of sports activities, lots of events we can do, lots of different places to go. One thing about a desire of the Lord, that will I seek after. That may dwell, how about that word dwell? That doesn't just, that's not flighty, isn't it? That's a pretty strong word. I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord, to inquire in his temple, which implies, actually explicit, that a certain beauty of the Lord is seen in his church. And that's where we get answers to our problems. I can inquire in his temple. So let's say that again. One thing have I desired the Lord that I seek after. I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord to inquire in his temple. I hope that will be your resolution. Now let me say this too before I get on to a few more scriptures. I want to say this before I forget it. I don't want to scare Ada Gray. It's not anything, I'm not going to say anything scary. But I'm going to say this as a church. It doesn't have to be this way. It might not be this way every time. But I'm just saying, when Jesus Christ was baptized in Matthew 3, uh, instantly, uh, he's led out to be tempted by the devil in Matthew 4. 
So I don't know, that's not a principle, or maybe a, a rule, but the possibility is Satan doesn't like what she's done. I doubt he does. He may try to harass her and cause her to have doubts and fear the next week. We're going to always pray for Eddie Gray. Let's pray for her in a special way this next week that the Satan will just stay away from her, give her special grace. She may rejoice and thank God for the steps she's taken in making a public profession of her faith and want to follow Jesus Christ all the days of her life. Let's have a special prayer about that this week, each of us. All right, a few scriptures before I get down to our church covenant. The church is a glorious place, one we can imagine. It's not pretty to the world, but you know what? The tabernacle was not pretty to the world either. Outside the tabernacle, the outside the tabernacle was not very pretty. The outward coat was that of badger skins. That doesn't sound too cool to me, does it to you? Badger skins. I don't never say a badger. I don't know have or not. But anyway, badger skin doesn't sound great. I can imagine that the Gentiles, people outside Israel, they saw that what in the world do those Israelites see in an ugly old tent? That's probably what they said. But they hadn't been inside the tent. You get inside that tent, a place of exquisite beauty made by craftsmen that God gave skill to even uh, get gold and beat it into wires and Interweave it and have angels and blue and purple, all kinds of stuff. Absolutely, incredibly beautiful. All inspiring. And my friend, when God gives you his spirit, even young people, and shows you the beauty of the church of the living God, you're hooked for life. I remember Jerry Hunt Jr. talking about, I mean Jerry Hunt Sr., dear old brother Jerry Hunt Sr., good, good old soldier of the Lord who's going to be the Lord now. Now, he had an unusual time of being regenerating. He was taken to church all the days of his life. That's a story in itself about God's providence. He, uh, his, his mother had him out of wedlock. He was in a place in Memphis, Tennessee, put up for adoption. And, the, and guess who adopted him? An old Baptist preacher. Isn't that something? From Georgia. Came here and adopted him. And you all hear the story. Uh, when they came by looking at all these different kids and decided which one to adopt, when they came to him, he reached up like, like that. They were hooked. So they, that's the one we are taking home. That's a thorn in itself. Anyway, God, is, he, he works in a wonderful providence, doesn't he? But anyway, Brother Jerry was taken to church all the days of his life. But he didn't like it. Like some of you kids may not like it. Those old people, I don't, that, a bunch of old folks, well, I got in common with them. They can't play games with me like my, uh, you know, like my uh, contemporary do, do. What that word is, I can't think of it right now. Uh, <laughs> and so they, they just, this old preacher, he just t- gets this old book and talks, and it doesn't ever end. It goes on and on and on. So he said that's the way he felt about church. So he got so bored about church, one day he went to sleep. And guess what God did while he sleep? He regenerated him. He said, I went, I went to sleep. These ugly old people I didn't even care for, I woke up, and that's the most beautiful people I'd ever seen. He told that story. That's a true story. Those old wrinkles were pretty wrinkles. Uh, those old scars, uh, the, the, the old folks, they were pretty. The whole thing was pretty. And it stayed pretty to the end of his life. When he couldn't even go, he went anyway. When they're scared to death, he'd have a wreck driving to church. He was going to be in church, my friend, till he died. That's what I want to do also. I hope you want to do that. I hope it won't be something you can take or leave it. I hope you be impelled. I want to be where the saints are. I heard about a man one time. I don't know who this man was, but I heard about him. He could all, got where he could hardly see. He got where he could hardly hear. But he was at church all the time. And somebody said, what are you going for? We know you're not hearing very much. You're not, you can't get much out of it. He said, I want everybody 
to know where I stand. I hope, my friend, I hope that we can live that way. I want everybody to know where I stand. I stand on Jesus Christ's side and worship in the church that he himself personally established while he is here on this earth and guaranteed its perpetuity till he comes again. It's a special institution. Let's read a few scriptures about that. I read one of them this morning. He got so carried away, here's the whole second chapter of second of Felix, I don't blame him. Where, where are you going to stop? Where are you going to stop? So what I'm going to do is go to the last couple of verses. This is awe-inspiring, if we can really get a hold of this, over in Ephesians 2, 20 and 21. This is what we are. And are built, well, I'll start in verse 19. Now, therefore, you're no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God, and are built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, Look at verse 21. In whom all the building, fitly framed together, groweth into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom ye also are built together for habitation of God through the Spirit. That's one reason our song service has been good. What we are when we meet, we're a habitation of God through the Spirit. God's here in a special way. Isn't that beautiful? Look at that verse. In whom you're building together for habitation of God through the Spirit. The Holy Ghost is here. Jesus Christ, he's manifesting Jesus Christ to us. And you know, I've, I've, I've gotten goosebumps sometimes. Over in Revelation, when it talks about those seven golden candlesticks, and has this glorified Jesus Christ walking among the candlesticks, I get the feeling sometimes. I can almost hear the rustling of his precious robe as he walks among those seven golden candlesticks. He said, where two or three are met together, there am I in the midst of them. It's a special place. So any of the teenagers, and I hope, uh, I may get on somebody told if I am just, you ought to enjoy it, really. It would be good for you. Don't mess around. I'm serious about this. Be sacred in God's house. Be sacred in God's house. If you've got a cell phone, make sure it's, you're looking at the Bible. If you're texting, it's, a, it's an abomination to God. I'm, I'm going to be that strong. If you're texting, mucking around, doing stuff like that in church, don't do that. This is a sacred place. It's a sacred service we're in. I mean that by my heart. God doesn't like that. We, let's give God our best while we're at his house. Listen the best we possibly can. I get sleepy sometimes myself, but I try to wake myself up. So I, I, I want to be alert as I possibly can in the house of God, giving him all the praise I can. I owe him my prayers. When the brethren are praying, I owe it to be praying along with them. When we're singing, I owe to God Almighty, to be speaking to each other in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, also singing, making melody in my heart to the Lord. When the preacher's preaching, I'm obligated to listen to him and hope he does well and pray for him and, and ask God to open up my heart to receive the gospel of the blessed Lord Jesus Christ. My friend, it's a great thing to come to God's house. We want the Holy Spirit to be with us. We meet with him, don't we? Everybody wants to do that. Do that. Hopefully do. We're building together for habitation of God through the Spirit. Now let's go ahead and go to another scripture. I've got four scriptures, and now I'm going to get in the covenant. We're, we've been blessed at Grace Chapel for a long time with good unity. And my God has been good to us to do that. May it continue to be that way. We are sinners. We will offend each other every now and then. We will not always agree on everything. That can be a, a place can be a place of strife. I know one young man who really messed up. It's, it's kind of funny. It's not funny in a way. It wasn't funny to him. I won't tell you who this is. But there's a young preacher went to a church to patch that church. And the first conference he said, does anybody have any dissatisfaction they'd like to express? <laughs> Boy, he shouldn't have said that. He'll, they like to have a split right there and tore, like tore the church up. 
Uh, I'm not saying we should be honest with each other. We need to try to endeavor to keep the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. We must be humble and meek and long-suffering and try to work together. My friend, I encourage you to do that. It's a blessing to be in a, in a family the same thing about family. I'll say that about our families. We have you boys and girls that have brothers and sisters. Sometimes you get into arguments with each other, but get over it as quick as you can and love one another. We need to have a families filled with godly unity and churches filled with godly unity as we live at each other's feet. So over in the, the Philippians letter, I'll read one verse here, verse 27, chapter 1, verse 27. Only let your conversation, that means your way of life. Only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ, that whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs. Ye stand fast in one spirit, striving together for the faith of the gospel. You heard me talk about that striving together before. My friend, that word means it's, it, you're working together. As a, there's really two ways that the scholars apply that, as an athletic team and as an army. If you have an athletic team that's not unified, I don't care how good the athletes may be, they're not working together, they won't win the games. They've got to, work to, they've got to learn how to work together. If you've got a shot thing, all he wants to do is shoot, never will pass it off, anything like that, then you, you don't have a good team. You've got an army, they may be a lot of good weapons, a lot of good soldiers. If they don't know how to work together, you'll never make it. That's what he's saying. We must work together, and we're trying to do that, and we want to encourage us to continue to try to do that under good leadership. Uh, and I think we got some good leadership here. Got good deacons and got a good preacher. At least we don't want a good preacher. I try a little bit myself. All right, let's look over now one more place uh, for the scriptures here. Over this time, over in in Peter, First Peter. The church is a great place. Here's what we are, and think about this the next time you come to church, and they do tonight. This is First Peter two verse five. You also as lively stones. That means living stones. We're like a stones placed in a building. You know, we're not a pile of stones. Over here, I've got a pile of stones. Over here, I've got a building. Which one do you want to be in? We're not just a pile of stones. We're in a place where God has taken those stones and put them in the body that it pleased him and made a beautiful spiritual temple. That's what we are. Use lively stones. Are built up a spiritual house. That's what we are. And holy priesthood. To offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Isn't that beautiful? That's a great verse. Let's read that again. That's awesome, isn't it? That's really awesome. A lot of people use that word lightly. I don't use that word lightly. That's awesome. We come together, what we're doing. God knows what we're doing. He takes note of what we're doing. He's listening to us. We're praising him. Ye also as lively stones are built up in spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. We're doing that collectively. Collectively. All right. I could preach all night on this kind of thing. It's near my heart. Now let's read our church covenant and make a few comments on it. And let's ask us. Now listen. Everybody at Great Chapel who's been baptized has signed this covenant. Most churches, they get constituted. And then they have a church covenant. Everybody signed it. That's the last time you ever signed it. Well, that's what we did. I got to think one day, you know, we ought to beat that. So I don't remember the year it was. I got somebody to draw me up a real nice uh, covenant in this book I've got. You've seen the book, uh, Bound Book. And I said, let's all have a signing. We all signed it. 
they were members at that time. Then since then, everybody in eighth grade is going to sign tonight. So you put your John Henry or your Mary Henry, whatever it is, on this church covenant if you're a member of Grace Chapel. Now, what you've done there is made a solemn vow. You probably forgot about it. We got faithful members here, but we need to be even more faithful. I need to be more faithful. Every time I read this, uh oh, I'm slipping here. I've got to do something about this. It's a, it's a great vow. This is an ancient vow. I don't know when this covenant was brought up. The Baptist, and maybe other people, but the Baptists have had this for years. We got when Bobby Poe and Tony McAvellum, with my help, drew the documents up for Grace Chapel. By the way, brothers and sisters, you know how long we have been a constituted church? We all prayed 54 years. I can remember that. I got married in August, and the church got started off, got what month? February, I think it was. Anyway, I got written down somewhere. 54 years. Hallelujah. I'm in a unique place. I've got to be on the front end of that, and I'm still around for a while to bother y'all. But it's good to see, see what God's doing. Started out, my friend, just a handful of people. Maybe in a rented place, 841 Stratford. Just, uh, they, listen, they got so discouraged sometimes, they had two male members for, for Tony McAvella and Bobby Poe. And sometimes Tony gets so discouraged he won't quit, but Bobby didn't want to quit. Then he, Bobby, he'd get discouraged, he won't quit, and Tony wouldn't quit. Thank God, neither one of them, they didn't want to quit at the same time. They had a, just a few young people here, Kevin Poe and uh, the McAvella kids. Sometimes they got so lonesome, but brother stuck it out, and God began to add to the church. And God gave them enough money to build a building. This building here didn't even be expanded. We're hoping to do it again. It's been a great run that God has given us. We don't take any of that for granted. We got people, we got a general church here. Right? I'm going to speak on that sometime. We got a general church, and I thank God for it. Brother, we had men here who gave their life savings to get this church going. That's how much they were dedicated to it. It meant everything to them. I hope we have a generation that's just as strong as that pioneering generation was. I hope God will put on your young people's hearts the love of the church of the living God. God, You'll give your all to it. I don't mean just your money. I mean yourselves. All right. For as much as Almighty God, by His grace, every word here is beautiful. By His grace, Almighty God had been pleased to call us whose names are underneath subscribed out of darkness to His marvelous light. That would be a good summer right there, wouldn't it? We've been called out of the darkness of sin to his marvelous light. Those are wonderful concepts. Darkness is dark and light is wonderful. We've been called his wondrous light, his marvelous light. And all of us have been regularly baptized upon a profession of our faith in Christ Jesus. We profess Jesus Christ openly before this world. We're not ashamed of Jesus Christ. Let the whole world know. I'm a baptized believer. I love Jesus Christ. The hostile world may be getting more hostile, but I love the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, this is important. Have given up ourselves, listen to me, to the Lord, to one another. Uh Uh-oh. In a gospel church way, to be governed and guided by proper discipline, agreeable to the word of God. Friends, we don't live unto ourselves. When I got married, I, d- I didn't really give up any freedom in a way. In a way, I did. But I really gained a lot more freedom than I gave up. But I've got to live in a way, everything I do affects my wife. You know, I, I used to just do, I could stay out all night. Home. I didn't ever stay out all night, but if I wanted to, I could have. I just foot loose and fancy free. But when I got married, I got to stay home. I got a wife to stay home with. 
But my friends, when you join the church of Jesus Christ, you give up some freedom. You have to live in a way. Every way the way you live affects the entire church. Even your pride affects the entire church. We saw what happened in the Old Testament. When Achan committed a secret sin, the entire nation of Israel suffered because of that. We're obligated to one another. What we do reflects on the church of Jesus Christ. I'm glad Greg Chapel got a pretty good reputation. I've had people tell me, pastors, even Brother Bradley told me one time, I, 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 got, I almost started, I think I started crying a little bit. I got so, he said, Brother Zach, I don't know what y'all are doing down there, but every member I've ever seen that came out of Great Chapel had been a strong Christian. And that's warmed my heart. I'll tell you, it warmed my heart. We let your light shine at a member of Great Chapel Church. That we'll be a beacon, a lighthouse, this ungodly world we live in. You're an encouragement to other people in different places. They've told me that. My sister Emily told me that. She said, Zach, just being, no, y'all are there. You can't imagine what that does for me. So let's keep on doing that. Be a blessing to other people. We're blessed. We ought to be a blessing. We give up ourselves to the Lord and to one another. We give, and we give ourselves to the Lord. That's, that's what the main thing we do. I'm giving up myself to God. Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to thee. And you know how that song goes. Everything I've got, everything I am, Lord, belongs to you. I'm a steward, as I mentioned that word this morning. So we, it's a gospel church way to be governed and guided by proper discipline. That's a, discipline is a good word. Discipleship is, disciple, don't you want to be a disciple? Well, it's the same root. It means we're not a, an unorganized, uh, incoherent. It's, it's, we're, we're organized. I, I, my book, Hebrew, now is good. I wish it were tonight. We do, therefore, in the name of the Lord Jesus. That's pretty important, isn't it? We take his name on our lips, if not light. And by his assistance, oh yes, we cannot do it on our own. Except the Lord build the house, they labor it in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. We're totally dependent on our blessed Savior. By his assistance. Covenant, that's a strong word, covenant. That's a sacred agreement. When I married Judy, that's a, a covenant. I'll live you to death do us part. And my friend, that's a cut when I come into God's house too. Agree to keep up the discipline that the church remembers of and the most brotherly affection towards each other. I like all the words in here, don't y'all? Most brotherly affection towards one another. I'm so glad at Great Chapel, most of you are smiling when you come in. And when you're not smiling, don't worry about that. Don't think that Brother Zach will see me frowning. We have bad days and good days. Y'all don't know what you're going through. But most of you come in here pretty happy. And what I really like this, I like it that you like to stay around and talk. If we ever get to the point where we say amen, and I say, hey, where'd everybody go? We're in trouble. That means we don't care about talking to one another. Now, sometimes y'all overdo it a little bit. I won't go home and go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> so get out in the parking lot. But no, I'm serious about that. I'm, a little bit, I'm serious. I love it when God's people, isn't it amazing? We see each other sometimes three times a week. We're not tired of each other. That's glorious. If I got tired of my wife, I'd be in trouble. If she got tired of me, I'd be in trouble. I'm not tired of her every time I see her, but I still go flippity-flop. My heart does. It does. My best buddy, look here. My best buddy. My friend, I like that. You, I, and I, I'm, God knows I put my hand on King James Bible, right? The King James is where I like it when I see you. I like to come to church. I like to be the saints of God. It invigorates me. It thrills me. It encourages me. God made it that way. While we endeavor particularly to observe the following rules. Here's where the rubber meets the road. Okay, what are we vying to do? And brotherly love to pray for each other. Now, I do that 
I'm going to give myself a C plus right now. Sometime I'm A plus, but right now I'm C plus. I've got to get on it. And I won't, and Judy and I are pretty good about it. She's a little bit better than I am probably. But we're going to get on this. I'm just telling you perfectly, my dear wife, you'll be all for it because we like to pray together. What we do sometimes, periodically, we sometimes don't, get that membership list out in your families and go over it. You don't have to do it every day. Don't burn out. But get some kind of system where I'm going to be at least once every two or three weeks praying for every member of my church. And brotherly love to pray for each other. To watch over one another. And that's the best way to do it, by praying. If I got my list out and I'm praying for somebody, I think about them. Oh, they hadn't been here lately. Or they look kind of sad the other day. Or they may need some help. I'll think about them, watching over them while I'm praying for them. And brotherly love to watch, to love for each other, to watch over one another. If need be, now get this. In the most tender and affectionate manner to reprove one another. Sometimes, if I see a brother or sister, or they see me, and we're stepping off the straight and narrow, we need to confront them, but it needs to be the right way. I can't be self-righteous Pharisee. I can't jump on somebody's back. I can't be harsh. I can't be self-righteous. I've got to be lovingly try to get my brother or sister back on the right pathway. And sometimes it takes a lot of labor and work, and you've got to pray about that. Because it's not very much fun, fun to confront people sometimes. But if you love them, you'll confront them. Remember this, the Bible said in Proverbs, the kisses of an enemy are deceitful, but faithful are the wounds of a friend. If need be in the most tender and affectionate manner to approve one another, if, if we discover anything, I'm missing a brother, to go and tell him his fault now, how am I going to do it? According to the direction, give my Lord, given my Lord in the 18th chapter of Matthew. And what that says, Matthew 18 says, if I offended, I go to my, I'm, I'm going to pick on old uh, Reagan. He's my buddy. So Reagan, he's out of the way. I think he is. I go talk to him. I don't talk to you about it. I don't gossip about it. I keep my big mouth shut. I go talk to him by myself. Well, he doesn't give me, and I don't mean you got to do it just one time. There's not a formula here. It's just a principle here. I may go two or three times. I'm, Reagan, come on, man. Come on. He won't listen to me. So I got to get out of and I'll take nothing down there, I reckon. I'm not going to load the deck either. I'm going to say, okay, now don't you on my side. We're going to see Reagan. We're going to gang up on him. What I do, I say, brethren, I, we, I'm having some, a problem here. You, you come here. Then they also be there. They see it. And so we labor with old Reagan. But this time, Reagan's really not doing well. Now, Reagan, he, really, he does well. I'm just using him for example. So he just, he's stubborn as a mule. He's doing something so bad, he's he got to quit, and he won't quit. So then what do we do? We come to the church about it. We come to the church. And then if he won't listen to the church, we got to exercise church discipline. But that, that's the last resort. It rarely comes to that. But we need to be willing to do that if we have to. I'll say this about the church uh, in my lifetime. I've seen this happen. Some churches got so harsh in their discipline, other churches rebounded too far the other way. Some churches are really harsh. And they, they, it's real legalistic. They said, oh, we've done 18 chapter Matthew, out you go. I remember one time Lawrence Walker, a dear brother that I love so much up in Clinton, Kentucky, told me one time about a deal. There was a church at Union City, and one of the brethren uh, kind of got out after the rest of them. So three of them decided to go see him. They go down and see him, and they really just went the wrong way to something. And so he came back mad. They said, okay, we've done, we've done what the Bible said to do, out you go. That's not the right way to do that. 
No, we, we, if it's done right, it would take a while. But, but then, just because some churches have been unbiblical and harsh does not mean that we should not practice church discipline. So let's pray God will give us the guidance of the Holy Spirit, the right balance and wisdom. That means we must be a praying church. We must be in prayer. No church will make it just on legality and just the, the, just the, uh, the letter of the law. We, the letter killeth, the Bible says. The Spirit, my friend, makes alive. We get to have the Spirit and we exercise. Y'all listen to me now, even you kids. Don't get bored of me now. Because before you know it, it's going to be in your corner. It's already there if you're a church member. You're not old enough really to be in a leadership position, but you better be learning now. You better be learning now. All right. And not to be whispering and backbiting. Let's don't do any of that. But we got to be careful to not be whispering about it. We, we don't need to be doing that at all. That'd be a whole subject, wouldn't it? We also agree with God's assistance to pray to our families. Are you doing that? We need to be doing that. We did that in our home, but we didn't want it perfect. We did. My kids can tell you. We, I tried to. I wish I'd done better. I really do. I always tell you, parents, you better do it because they'll be away before you know it. They'll grow up before you know it. I think every time that my wife tells me one of my grandkids at a certain age that she's mistaken. That's how fast they're growing up. Time is zipping by. So, parents, that's why I'm always exhorting you in my little newsletter, get on it, on this catechism and this home study because the time will come. They'll be out of the house. We pray in our families. Attend our church meeting. Let me say something about that. I'm not a policeman type preacher. I'm not a policeman type preacher. But I'm going to tell you this. I've said it this way, and everybody that's on the live stream can listen to me on this too. We ought to be at church every time the door opens if we can. I don't know what your circumstances are. So I'm not going to fuss at you and twitch your arm and you look down my nose at you. But, but we got a lot of Sunday morning Christians. I wish that all of them were Sunday night and Wednesday Christians too. I'm not down. We get some precious church members. I love them. I'm not down on them. I'm just saying between you and God, do the best you possibly can. Be at church every time you can. But I'm saying that. Observe the Lord's day and keep it holy. I'll preach on that sometime. I think I'd agree with me on this. But I believe in the Christian Sabbath. The Baptists have historically believed in that. Some people don't. Some good Christians don't. That's not a legalistic Sabbath. It just means making Sunday special. Sunday's different. Not, we don't have the Sabbath of the Old Testament. No, we're not, we're not Seventh-day Adventists. But I believe the principle of the Sabbath is still in place. I won't, but anyway, I'm just saying, take it right now. So I'll preach on it. Make Sunday special. Make Sunday special. That Sunday ought not to be just business as usual. I'm going to be working. Uh, I'm going to be doing all kinds of stuff. I, I try to discipline myself on that. You may think this is legalistic. I've been, I've been killing me all day long. I want to get on TV7 from Jerusalem and see what's going on in, the U, in, in, in Israel. But I'm different. I said, I ain't going to do it, God, until after Sunday night. Now, that, you may think that's legalistic. But to me, I want to do it so bad, I'm going to keep my mind on God today. That stuff will still be here when I have time. We had one man I knew who was studying for a CPA, and he couldn't pass it. Took it twice, couldn't pass it. I said, listen, I, I'm, why don't you try something? Why don't you try not studying on Sunday and see what happens? He passed it. I'm not saying that'll happen every time, but he passed it. We need to keep Sunday special. And that means resting, too. We need rest. We need rest. That's another sermon for another time. I will mention this. I mentioned, uh, I think, I didn't to Judy 
But I want to just say this now. I will probably send this out as a, maybe a little letter to our church members. I read an article this week that I resonated with. George Patton said this, and also Vince Lombardi from the Green Bay Packers said this. It said, uh, fatigue makes cowards of us all, and that's the truth. So some of the church members here, we've got a bunch of workaholics here. Be careful here. You need to rest sometimes. Even Jesus Christ said one time, let's go park to a desert place and rest for a while. So fatigue, as they, these men said that, you can't make good decisions. You're very, you're very pessimistic. You make mountains out of molehills. You just tort things because our bodies, my friend, need rest. Don't you remember when even Elijah was running away from old Jezebel and the Lord said, eat something and, and rest. Sometimes we got to do that. I just, that's just a word for the wise. Some people are so conscientious, they, think they, get late, they, get, they feel guilty to rest. If you're lazy, you ought not to be lazy, but I don't think we got lazy people here. I hope we don't. I know most of you are not lazy. So I'm not afraid to say this. Sometimes you just need to rest. All right. And not, okay, and not absent ourselves from the communion of the Lord's Supper, the law of excuse. That's a special time. Every time special, that's extra special. as we observe the Lord's Supper. So you're ready to communicate through the fraying of the church's expenses to support the ministry. We've got a generous church. I don't know how you're doing individually. I don't make that a matter of inquiry. But I'm glad you give. And if you're not giving, you ought to. I'm not preaching on that right now. But we've got a generous church. And God likes that. God loves a cheerful giver. I remember what old uh, Steve Green said when I had that song. I got tickled at it. You know, God loves a cheerful giver. He said, don't give to the hurt. Give to the tickles. So I like to give. And uh, I think we've got, we got a very generous church. And I thank God for that. Then, look at this magnificent ending. It's so sacred. These things we do, covenant and agree to observe, keep sacred in the name of, the assistance of God the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. My friends, that's a sacred covenant. May we be uh, re-inspired and reinvigorated to be more and more faithful to our church covenant. Thank God for you. I thank God for Great Chapel Church. It's a wonderful thing to be a member of His church. I hope we get better and better. And my prayer is, you've heard me pray it, Lord Jesus Please let there be a candlestick here when our Savior comes again.